Pickaxe. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left Radio show. I am Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. We're also joined by Stu Main. Hello, Stu. Hi, thanks for having me on. I was going to ask whether we should get Phil involved. I think we in this should. Bit, whether we can, whether we, we we can hear him. Can you turn your voice on, Phil? Hello. Phil's our producer. We mention him every week. We're very lucky to have him. And throughout this week's episode, for some reason, he's been taking notes. <laughs> Usually, when I <laughs> take notes every week. Do you? Yep. Mainly for legal reasons. What, can you show us what you've written down? Oh my goodness! Idiot! Not funny. <laughs> I don't like the bit you've done in red yeah, pen. Yeah, there's always a lot of red Gone pen. Right, exactly. right the way through to the other side. <laughs> What's the drawing? What's the drawing of? It's got, it's got two, two bobbleheads with their trousers down. Well, it's just accurate, isn't it, at that point? Phil, thanks for everything you do for us. You are very welcome, as always. Uh, we're very grateful for making us sound better than mm. we are. Mm. It's quite a lot of work last week. Mm, yeah. Yes, what, what happened? We had to do some audio editing because there were some mic issues, uh, which we initially blamed on you, but wasn't your fault, was it, Simon? It wasn't my fault, Simon. It's never your fault, Simon. (laughs) Sometimes your fault, Simon. Um, The Uh, the audio issue I'm worried we might have this week is, as you mentioned at the back end of the show, I had a cat on me uh, for about a third of that episode, particularly sort of, I I think it happened during the interview segment, and she was purring quite a lot. Was that audible? No, it was all good. No purring. Okay. That was just stew purring. <laughs> you were asking him lovely questions. <laughs> I, um, I, I was pleased to see that there were some people watching this week because there were a few visual references mm. uh, that they will have got, mm. uh, which will just come across as, you know, you won't know what, what we're chatting about. I wanted to um, say thank you to Daff. Uh, who uh, sent me a Discord message last week, which showed his Spotify wrapped. uh, And One Life Left was his second favourite podcast. Um, He has got... um, Number one is Triforce. Uh, Number two is One One Life Left. Number three, the Always Sunny podcast. Um, And then a couple of things I'm not going to... You literally can't get better than second. You can't get better than second. No, exactly. Now, Daff... Um, Daff is the voice of Pickaxe. So when you, at the start of the podcast, he goes, Pickaxe. That's Daff. So I, I do hope he's listening to the whole show, not, not just just <laughs> just to hear himself. I mean, we're, we, we, we've all been guilty of that. But if, assuming not, thank you for listening, Daff. Maybe he set it up to be his like text message alert or something. So when he, you know, he goes, Pickaxe. And then one he's life gonna... starts and then he stops it. 
he's going to come on next uh, next year as a guest, Ooh. and he's going to say pickaxe live. <laughs> I know. Well, imagine. Imagine. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, I was going to say something. I can't remember what it was. What were we talking about? Oh, cats. We were videos. Cats. Audience. Yeah, it wasn't to do with that. Anyway, if you hear my cat, apologies. Apologies for that. But I had a really good show. It was really fun. Nice way to end the year, wasn't it? Thank you for coming on. Stu, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was fun. It's, uh, I, you, you kind of don't, not, I don't have a lot of uh, experience with this sort of thing. And so I wasn't really sure what I was expecting, but it's just some people chatting, really, isn't it? It's good. <laughs> <laughs> just some people chatting. That's, that's actually, um, I, I discovered we haven't updated our podcast description for about 14 years. And okay. so I thought we need a new one. And I think it's just some people chatting in it. It's probably as good as we're going to get. <laughs> good. Well, we've got a few weeks off now, uh, mm. which are very welcome. It's a bit of a long year, isn't it? Been a long year. It has. It has. We've not made it any shorter by doing the show, but we will continue next year because we don't learn from our mistakes, as evidenced by the last sixteen years. Uh, so, how are you going to spend your breaks, Dee? Uh, staying in London because I don't have any choice. Because you're a fool if you get on a train. Uh, at the moment so yeah i'm i'm uh i'm excited it's gonna be nice uh i do love london at christmas time so having a gentle relaxed time i hope for the first time this year perhaps i hope you do too steve Stu, what are you up to uh hopefully getting some sleep we just got a new puppy and he is uh exciting so um it will be nice to there is a you know, get some there's sleep. a massive dog on your company profile. Is that your dog as well? How many dogs have you got? Uh, no, that's one of the two office dogs, a dog called Arnold, who just uh, trundles around the place and uh, steals things off people's desk and hides them. Um, Absolutely cool. I remember the two things I was going to say. Sorry, yep. first off, Simon, what are you doing for Christmas? Uh, I'm, I'm not... Uh, uh, not a lot, not a lot, but I'm looking forward to that. We should ask Phil as well. Yeah, I was. Hopefully, he's got something interesting oh, to say. No, no. Um, we just moved house uh, the other week, so uh, life is completely about um, unpacking boxes oh. uh, at the moment and trying to find things. Best of luck. That's what you want to be doing at Christmas, isn't it? Unwrapping things. Uh, I, the other thing I was going to say is, Simon, uh, let's quickly mm. guess the things behind Stu's head, just to <laughs> you know wrap up that thing. That in a few minutes. Pickaxe listeners, I'm going to suggest we do. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, let's take it to Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Ed 209. Yep. There's this tiny Ed 209 just there as well. There's yep. a Metroplex and a Scorponok. Nice. Transformers. Um, is that a, an Optimus Prime there? There's the Lego you, one just there. You'd assume so, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, <laughs> there's some... is that, it looks like Danger Mouse. Yeah. I doubt it is, though, is it? Uh, there isn't a day dress, so I'm not sure. Uh, oh, there's a little mount. G.I. Joe Transformers. Yeah. I read that of off the box. Yeah, nice. By zooming in. Thank you. <laughs> you win. Yeah. There's a game of Othello there. I can see Blood Bowl. Is that Dark Future? Mm, some of the old games workshop stuff. There's quite a few board games lurking. Did you get those on a discount when you were doing Games Workshop stuff? Um, no, but they do send you uh, free stuff, which is cool. Um, mm. So a big box would arrive every now and again, and we'd descend on it like uh, vultures. Do you think? Do you think we could get the Games Workshop license for the, for One Life Left? We could tell them we'd do something. Simon's mm. released a game before. I've released some as well. We're basically a game development studio, basically with, with a radio show wing. Uh, sure, I mean, I, yeah, sure. Uh, okay. It doesn't even That's have enough. to be games related. But, you know, they do other stuff. So. 
Perfect. Um, the other thing I was going to say is uh, reminding listeners uh, that they can join us to watch the show. Um, and uh, you can do that by joining us on a Sunday evening at 7pm. But not next Sunday, because we're off. Or the Sunday after. Or the Sunday after that. But the Sunday after that. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be space year 2023 when we next speak. Um Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Resonance, for having us and Pickaxe for adopting us. Uh, we're very lucky to do it. Um, I'm very grateful for your attention. Thank you very much. I hope you all have a brilliant Christmas uh, and a wonderful New Year. And we'll see you all, well, shortly after this because the show starts. But uh, <laughs> next year for more rambling. Thank you very much. We love you. Goodbye. Hello. <laughs> Hello, good evening, and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show, and my name is Steve Curran. Ho, 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 Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. It is our Christmas special tonight. Uh, are you feeling festive, Simon? I am, Steve. Have you been a good boy all year? I have. And what's that I can hear? I mean, I, I don't know, is it? I mean, Nothing. you have got massive headphones on. It could be anything. <sighs> Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! No expense spared this year on One Life Left. Uh, we have a new studio and new sound effects as well, Simon. Did you pay money for that? Absolutely not. It's from freesound.org under a okay, Creative so... Commons Zero license. <laughs> so when you say no expense spared, you mean no expense spent? I mean, we spent it all on my massive headphones, so we have nothing left. Uh, right. How are you, Simon? I'm very, very well, Steve. The end's in sight, isn't it? Mm, it is. It is. Well, it's the 11th of December as we record this. It'll be the 12th as you listen to it on Resonance FM, or maybe even the 14th, and the end of the year is approaching. Um, are you still working very, very hard? I'm launching a game on Thursday, Steve. Stop it. I know, I mean, ridiculous. Literally, I've, stop I've ne- it. It's the end of the year. <laughs> I've never launched a game this late in the year before. Let me tell you something, though, because there, there aren't that many games coming out. It's not quite as busy. We're already on popular upcoming on Steam five days before launch. That's a cheat so, code, uh, isn't it? You should do everything at Christmas from now on. <laughs> exactly. I'm only going to do it. Uh, yeah, we've got a game. It's called Bots Are Stupid. And it's uh, it's been described, not by us, because uh, we don't want to infringe on any copyrights, as uh, Mario Maker meets... Um... <laughs> Mario Maker meets Celeste. Uh, okay. Well, um, I'm going to mention Celeste later in the show. I'm also going to do some more promo for one of your other games later in the show. And um, and yeah, I'm excited about this one as well. This is the one that there was a demo of, wasn't there, a little bit ago, but I refused to download because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Uh, Don't spoil it for yourself. No, there is a demo mm-hmm. available now. Uh, the game will be out on Thursday, four o'clock, Brit- uh, Greenwich Mean Time. Fantastic. Um, well, I'm okay, thanks for asking. Good. <laughs> Actually, I'm in a bit of a stress right now because I've just just been for a meal 
uh, with my family up the road in South London. And I had to leave them early to rush back to meet you to record Ooh. the radio show. That means they're not here yet. So it's likely at some point uh, you will hear them coming through the door and my daughter yelling. So that'll be exciting. What did you have to eat? Well, I tell you, you will know this. Uh, it's quite exciting going for a meal with a toddler because they order and then you have to eat half of their meal stealthily uh, to avoid them eating it all. So I ate my uh, meal, which was pasta arabata, and her half of her meal, which was mushroom pizza. It was excellent. And obviously you've got the sort of gamification of it buried in there of sneaking the pizza. I said, no, no, this is the one I was eating before. Well, why are there mushrooms on that one? Well, there were mushrooms on it before. Steely glance, look her direct in the eye. Don't break eye contact. She looks away first, you win. This is great radio, isn't it? What did you have for tea? <laughs> <laughs> we Thank are... goodness, though, it's not just us here this evening, uh, because we'd move on to what did you have for pudding? Did you have, you didn't have a pudding, did you? you to I leave? didn't have to leave, yeah. <laughs> Delighted to be joined this evening uh, by Stu Main from Well Played Games. Hello, Stu. Hi, thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. Uh, where, are you, where are you talking to us from? Uh, little, a place called Bicester in Oxfordshire, um, not known for anything except Bicester Village, which is a shopping thing full of uh, all the big brands. And it's apparently like the most valuable real estate in Europe. Um, and it completely m- messes up the town hor- horrifically every Christmas. Because well, a million right. people trying to Talking of valuable real estate, uh, I think your our first guest was this kind of game developer style array of playthings behind you you've got so many toys Stu. so many toys i have a lot of toys collected over many years yeah I'd kind of um mentally stopped quite a long time ago physically it kept growing but mentally i was like no i'm good with toys i'm this is a good point to stop so, yeah. maybe later in the show simon we can have a competition to see who can <laughs> name the most things behind Stu. <laughs> i'm bang up for that although i'm quite interested in what's in the box that says chop chop on it well, oh, you, no. you've given uh, me a clue that I'll, I'll say Chop Chop. That's my first guess. That, what is Chop Chop? It's not. It's um, because we just moved in. So that what you can't see is this side of the wall is horrific. Uh, we haven't decorated yet. So um, those are just storage boxes from, uh, okay. from moving. They're not exciting, I'm afraid. Smart what did camera you have placement. for tea? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, like a slow cooker thing, you know, like... Um, a stew typing. <laughs> <laughs> ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Amazing. We are a video game radio show. Uh, this is our last episode of the year. Uh, and we do talk about video games. We're going to do that, aren't we, Simon? We are. <laughs> We're going to do some news in a bit. I hope you've done some research, Simon. I've got a little bit, but only as a what backup. A t- what a time to ask me on the air. I know. Uh, we've got letters coming up, although I haven't seen any letters arrive. So if you are listening to the show live, please drop a letter in the One Life Left Discord and you'll get that read out in about 25 minutes. Um, and we've got reviews coming up. At the end of the show, maybe we will sneak a feature in as well. Does that sound like a, an ordered rundown of what's going to happen? We're going to talk to Stu in, in, in between those bits as well, aren't we? We will make sure that happens. Shall we get on with the news? Let's do it. One life left. One life left. One life left. 
7.07 on Monday the 12th of December. I'm not Anne Scantleberry, but this is the news. In the latest war of words over its proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard, Microsoft's gaming CEO has claimed that Sony's plan for growth is to make Xbox smaller. <laughs> Phil Spencer made the comments during an interview with the Second Request podcast, where the exec claimed that Sony was the one major opposer to the Microsoft Activision deal. Sony is trying to protect its dominance on the console. The way they grow is by making Xbox smaller, Spencer said. Sony has a very different view of the industry than we do. They don't ship their games day and date on PC. They do not put their games into their subscription when they launch their games. The ongoing battle over the deal would see Microsoft take the reins of the games industry's third largest publisher um, and has encountered significant pushback from both Sony and regulators on both sides of the Atlantic. Ba 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 ba. Yeah, we've covered this before, so uh, we have abbreviation. That's not what VideoGamesChronicle.com wrote, though. As as ever, all of our stories are from them this week. Thank you to them. Do check them out. Um, if you wanted to make uh, Xbox, if you wanted to grow, Steve, mm-hmm. would you do it by making everything else smaller? Would be smart, wouldn't it? That sounds like a plot to an evil genius. Uh, yeah. Film. Um, it's not really making it smaller, is it? It's just stopping them doing something that makes them too big, which maybe is the same thing for, phrased in a different way. I've Sony not seen the Xbox Series S, though. That's quite <laughs> small. And the PlayStation 5 is absolutely massive. So, and, you know, arguably, Microsoft's making the Xbox smaller, isn't it? <laughs> Growing the PlayStation. You should be a lawyer, Simon. <laughs> I should be, <laughs> Um, uh, the FTC, I think it was, um, uh, said that they were going to sue over this this week as well. So there was, uh, there's more jeopardy just before Christmas. Sure. Have you got an interest in whether, um, Act- uh, Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard? Uh, I mean, not necessarily professionally, um, but as a player, I mean, Game Pass is already insane value and all... Kind of insane value, but also devaluing all the games on the Xbox because we just kind of flip between games as a sort of group of us online. Go, I, I'm bored of you. You are dismissed. Next game, please. It's uh, so it's a very weird little time. But if they add all the Bethesda stuff or whatever, that'd be great. But I don't know. I mean, it's a kind of weird situation, like Microsoft buying Mordor or something like this evil empire that's just being acquired. It's a very strange sort of thing. Do we think we'll still be talking about this in the Christmas episode next year? <laughs> I mean, knowing us, absolutely, 100%. Uh, do we have another news story? Please let us have another news story. The director and writer of Days Gone has blamed the game's middling critical reception on technical issues and woke reviewers, who he claims couldn't be bothered to play the game. John Garvid tweeted this theory in response to a fan asking why he thought the post-apocalyptic PS4 biker game didn't get more praise when it was first released in 2019. Three reasons, Garvin replied. One, it had tech issues like bugs, streaming and frame rate. Two, it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. Three, and three, <laughs> it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. Is ass okay on the radio? It's just a donkey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Days Gone currently has a score of 71 on the review aggregator Metacritic. Numerous similar PS4 console exclusives have scored somewhat higher, such as Ghost of Tsushima earning 83 and Sony Santa Monica's God of War reboot receiving 94. Garvin's latest claims uh, has sparked backlash from both members of the game's media and fans of the series who responded to his tweet negatively. One response read, Come on, John, woke, you're better than that. To which Garvin replied, Nope, I'm really not. If a reviewer objects to a character because of identity politics, I call that woke. How am I wrong? Oh, John, how <laughs> wrong, <laughs> wrong are you? Um, never a good look, that, Steve, is it? Mm-mm. When a developer calls out um, uh, issues that uh, uh supposedly nothing to do with him. It's quite clever, though, because, you know, what he's done there, he's given three reasons... The first of which one could argue is the reason. Like first well, one bugs. rephrased is game was a bit rubbish, right? It's broken, doesn't work, shipped too soon, whatever. Well, but for a second, let's just put that to one side. And then he's given two other reasons, which are basically the same reason, which are I'm gonna blame it on someone else's opinion of my game, which probably actually comes down to reason one, but you've placed the blame on other people so well done for that on the other hand as simon says never a good look and it's not going to win you many friends and it's not going to bring your game back um from the position it's in because i doubt any of those woke reviewers are really interested in reappraising it or you know looking at a debugged version you've not played it have you steve no i'm too woke because yours exactly (laughs) what about you Stu? uh no afraid not no, um, also but, woke. Yeah, well, now that when if they do another, people are just going to bring this back up. It's proper schoolboy error, if you know that. I, I wouldn't dare play it. I I couldn't handle looking at a donkey. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame he's doing all this because the game itself is really, really good. Uh, mm. I've put a lot of hours into it. I haven't finished it, though, because it suddenly got very difficult towards the end. Yeah, but stuff like that, right? Like, there are so many games out there, as we've discussed before. And if I was playing a game that I really, really enjoyed, it sounds like you have been, and then the, you know, the lead developer came out and said something like that, it, it would stop me going back. Because I don't want to be you know, associated with that kind of thing, I'd step away and I'd, I'd, I'd play one of the other millions of games out there. So it's just never worth it, right? Even if you feel these things, it's never worth um, saying them. And also, I, I don't really think it's probably as brave a position uh, as he thinks it is. It lumps you in with the, in my opinion, the wrong kind of people on the internet. Also, can I just say, a game like that, that has a huge team on it. And yeah, this is mm-hmm. one voice just... Dragging everybody through the month. Well, quite cool. Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok were the biggest winners at the Game Awards 2022, sharing 10 of the 32 available prizes at Thursday's show. From Software's Elden Ring scooped the coveted Game of the Year award, as well as Best Role Playing, Best Game Direction, and Best Art Direction prizes. Santa Monica Studios' God of War Ragnarok won six of the 10 prizes it was nominated for, including Best Narrative. Best score and music, best audio design, best performance, best action stroke adventure, and innovation in accessibility. 
Final Fantasy XIV and Stray each won two awards, whilst Horizon Forbidden West, which, like Elden Ring, had been nominated for seven awards, went home empty-handed on the night. Arcane League of Legends also won Best Adaptation Award, a new category recognised creative work that authentically adapts video game IP to other media. Hmm. Uh, uh, Did you agree with these winners, Steve? I do not feel very strongly about any award ceremony, as we've discussed on the show before. Uh, I would say if I was going to give an award to a game for being the game of the year, and I think we should talk about our games of the year later in the show anyway, um, that I would probably give it to Elden Ring, even though it wasn't exactly for me, because it was obviously a very accomplished, different type of work. Um, and I'm not surprised it's sweeping the board at this kind of thing. I was surprised to hear that, well, kind of not surprised, but slightly more annoyed to hear that Stray received a, an award, uh, because personally that was a huge disappointment for me. What Do you know which award it received? It's received. I'd let it have anything to do with visuals because I thought it was, you know, astounding at least um, to look at. But as an interactive best indie, eh, eh, is it though? Uh, And also, or is it just the biggest indie? Best debut indie. I mean, I guess if you won best debut indie, would you'd also if you won best indie, it was your first game. You you would have to win the second one, Mm. wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, fair enough. Um, What about you, you, Sam? How did you feel about all of that stuff? I mean, it's. I mean, it started late, didn't it? And it finished <laughs> late, and I, I was asleep for the for the entirety of it, which meant mm-hmm. I couldn't partake in any of the um, any of the giveaways. Let's call them that. The incentives to Jeff's incentives to watch the awards. They were giving away a Steam Deck an hour to people as long as you were actively watching. Dave <laughs> would come round, he'd look you in the eyes, poke uh, you, and then he'd ask you questions about what just happened. Um, and then also you could get Twitch drops uh, if you were watching it on Twitch. Um, so, uh, yeah, what's I missed a, out on both Twitch? of those. What's a, what's a Twitch drop, Simon? It's where something pops into your, into your, into your, your inventory, your library, uh, while you're watching Twitch. So it, uh, it can be game codes. It can be okay. other bits and bobs. Come on, uh, Steve, get with the program. Other bits and bobs, eh? Other little bits and bobs. Um, Love those. What about, the, what about the big news from Jeff's Game Awards? How did you feel about all of that stuff that people spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to put in the awards? Uh, how did you feel about all those announcements? Thrilled. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, what, what was your favourite? What was Steve's favourite uh, announcement from the Game Awards? It was the second one. It was it? Yeah. Death Stranding 2. Exactly. Like the first yeah. one, the first one, I, I realized it wasn't for me, really. But, you know, I can understand why other people are excited about the second one blew me. I was straight on uh, Mastodon telling all my friends. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stu, what about you? What did you think of Cyberpunk's new uh, guest star? Uh, I, I know not... this. I know this. <laughs> go on, Steve, let me down. Oh. Sorry, go on. Uh, uh, what about the release? Sorry, go on. No, no, you carry on. <laughs> what about the release date for Star Wars Jedi Survivor? Shoo, come on. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game, but I didn't remember the release date. I was just, like, Steve, Steve yeah. when's Diablo 4 coming? Uh, September 2020 <laughs> next year, whatever that is. No! Keep, why, what do you mean no? You can't just say no. Well, it's not. It's coming well, in June. All right, that's not far off. I did like and it'll the... slip to September. Maybe I know something you don't. 
that's true. The Xbox is saying you can pre-order it now for a hundred quid. You're like, it's not out till next summer, and you want a hundred quid. Thanks very much. Idris Elba. So you could, you, 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 well, all right. I'm shouting things out now. What can you pre-order for a hundred quid? Diablo uh, on the on the uh, Xbox. Are you joking? No, I mean, I presumably that's the ultimate edition or some such. But I just like that you don't get anything. The game's out in what six, seven, eight months, and it's a hundred quid. A like, hundred quid. Yeah. Are you are you breaking some news? You are breaking some news to us too. Hundred quid. <laughs> Not paying hundred pounds for Diablo Four no, in but, September. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so I take it that neither of you um, watched either. I did not. No. 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 Sorry. Oh, poor Jeff. Jeff's sad. <laughs> a new Mario Kart Eight Deluxe update has introduced a long-requested custom items feature. Players who download the free update can now choose which items appear in offline races as well as in certain online modes. Players can also set custom items to only appear on certain teams in order to create custom rule sets for their races. This update's release coincides with the launch of the third wave of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC. The DLC, which is the third wave of six drops planned as part of the booster course pass, includes classic tracks such as Boo Lake from the Game Boy Advance and Maple Tree Way from the Nintendo Wii. Subscribed, um, uh, subscribed, so I could play all of this stuff. Did not play it. That is how the world works. That's how they got you. Mm-hmm. Um, so this update is separate to the wave. I actually bought the booster pass mm. um, so I could get out of subscribing. Smart. Um, exactly. Um, you don't own me, Nintendo. In some ways, they do, uh, and I'm quite happy for that actually. But no, but this way, I found myself. I was subscribing just for this, and I thought I'm just going to buy it, so I did. Um, so yeah, this uh, mode, Steve, lets you specify uh, whether you want a blue shell or not to appear mm. in your races. How do you feel about this? So that's good, right? Like that means um, that when I'm round yours playing Mario Kart on your fancy projector, um, that there will be no arguments. Who is the purest racer? Uh, that um, it will be provably me, rather than uh, it's taking pity on Simon and his family languishing in sixth, seventh, eighth place, uh, and you know I don't get a chance. And presumably that's what they're angling at, right? Like it allows you to then configure Mario Kart into a more of an esport type situation, at least one where you're not relying on the vagaries of power ups. Yes, uh, I'm surprised it's taken them uh, so long to introduce it, but no, I, I agree. I'm looking forward to playing with it later. Yeah, I definitely will promise to, and then again, subscribe for absolutely no reason. A Lego footballer minifig in 2K branded packaging has been spotted, seemingly corroborating VideoGamesChronicle.com's exclusive report from earlier this year. In February, we that's them um not us i don't think uh, reported that lego is partnering with 2k for a new line of lego sports games starting with a football soccer game developed by sumo digital now a new minifigure spotted on lego's certification page by 1414 falcon fan appears to indicate that the game is indeed still in the works the packaging shows the character named phineas dash standing on a football pitch wearing a purple shark head mask and what appears to be barcelona shirt Crucially, the packaging also says that Lego Games at the top, sorry, it also says Lego Games at the top and features the 2K logo in the bottom corner, suggesting mm. a game connection. <laughs> does suggest, doesn't it? <laughs> it does suggest that, doesn't it? <laughs> Hint. Um, I thought we weren't going to talk about football. 
Well, I th- we had to, didn't we? Mm. Because we did. Uh, we mentioned last week that we did, if we didn't... That we'd update because we know we're some <laughs> people's source only source of sport news. Oh, that was disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, of course I did. And Where did you watch it? On my sofa, pretending not to care, but caring. It didn't help. Um, it was a bit, yeah, it it was a bit sad. It wasn't sad. the worst because, honestly, Portugal uh, losing earlier in the day made me much happier than I think England winning would have done, which says something about the way that I'm watching that that sport at the moment. And England have a nice team at the moment, like really nice and a good team. Um, but France do as well. Like they they also seem to be, you know, pretty nice guys and play nice football. So it wasn't like the worst. If we'd lost to Portugal, I would have been inconsolable. But as it was, yeah, it was all like derived a great deal of pleasure from that result. I saw a tweet uh, from a French person that I follow, which simply said, they've gone home, <laughs> which, I thought, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> it is funny. It is funny. Who's going to win? Who's going to win the, the World Cup, Simon? Well, out of the teams that left, you would have to say it, France. It's going to be one of them, yeah. We will be one of those, sorry. Um, I think we'd all like to see Morocco win, wouldn't we? Mm, we would. I think it's going to be Argentina for the sole reason that I really don't want it to be Argentina uh, because of the way they behaved after after beating the Dutch on penalties and particularly the guy who did the gestures. Oh, man, it made me so angry. So, yeah, it's probably going to be Argentina. That's my feeling. We'll find out in the next episode of One Life Left, won't we? <laughs> we will so be. will you, brave listeners. Hang on until January. <laughs> uh, do we have any more news? We don't, Steve. All right. That is all the news. Thanks, Simon. One Life Left video game news with Anne Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, my name is Alice Cohen, and this is my top 10 games of 2022. At 10, Cooking Simulator. 
Because there's so much cooking. At nine. Untitled Goose Game. Because there's so much naughty goose. At eight. Super Mario Kart. Because I play as Wendy and she goes mwah. At seven. The Spellbound Crossword. Because I like spelling and writing and typing on the computer. At six. A castle full of cats. Because there's so much cats. <laughs> At five, Alba. Because there's so much birds. At four, Golfy. Because sometimes there's lava. At three, Cat, Cafe Manager. There's some lovely cats. Alice, what do you do in Cat, Cafe Manager? Um, cook for people. And you've got to make friends with people as well, haven't you? Yeah. Who do you make friends with? Finley Bonner. Who else? Kalalala. Kalalala. There's the punk as well, isn't there? Punk. I don't know. You've forgotten his name. Why do you like Cat Cafe Manager so much? Because it's fun. At two, Super Monkey Ball. Because there's so much monkeys. <laughs> Describe what you do in Super Monkey Ball. Play hit the pens. Well, that's one game, but what do you do in the main game? Which main game? You're in a ball as a monkey and you're trying to roll, aren't you? And get bananas. You get bananas and you've got to get to... The goal. Are you good at Super Monkey Ball? Um, not very. How many times have you gone through the goal? One time. Why do you like Super Monkey Ball so much? Because it's fun. Alice's number one game of 2022, Frog Detective 3. Because there's happy bits at the end. So, describe what you do in Frog Detective 3. You solve mysteries. Ah, what kind of mysteries? Um, solving the hat problem. The hat problem? What's the hat problem? So, there was some stolen hat. But listen to me. Lobster Posty thought that Frog Detective stole the, the hat. So, decided to get him in trouble. Wow, that sounds super exciting, Alice. Why do you love Frog Detective 3 so much? Because it's funny. <laughs> Thanks so much, Alice. Um, anything else you want to say about 2022? No, thank you. What do you want to say to everyone? Bye. Happy Christmas. That's Alice. Her roundup of the year. I figured we should get one recorded uh, because it's likely we will forget to do ours before the end of the show. I would have thought so. That was excellent. Well done, Alice. Oh, uh, well I do done. like the comment. Anything else you'd like to say about 2022? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Which is lucky she didn't whistle us a happy Easter. I like that she's been saying happy Christmas for the last three months and finally, finally it's relevant. Right, shall we do the interview segment? Let's talk to Stu. Hello. Hello, <laughs> Stu. I was, it, was, it was either going to be you or a um, or an ident, and I wasn't sure what it was going to be. Maybe, actually, that could be that could be our ident from now on. Could be hello? our guest interest, Stu saying hello. <laughs> In a slightly quizzical Thanks. way. Thanks for joining us, Stu. Uh, <laughs> tell us about Well Played Games. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so we're um, a mobile company um, uh, in Leamington Spa, where there are many, many games companies. Um, and basically, we a bunch of us worked at a previous studio, and they were making redundancies. So 10 of us said, OK, let's do it ourselves. Let's just head off. Um, and we didn't. it was a really bad idea. We didn't have any money, so we... Um, did some work for a studio in the daytime, nine to five, and then in the evenings we worked on our own game. 
which I don't really recommend, but it worked. Um, and that game, we got a license with Games Workshop, um, who we'd uh, worked with before. Um, and then we got uh, a publisher interested and they purchased us a couple of years after we set up. So it was a kind of a real sort of roller coaster um, of starting a new studio. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I always say funny. You can, it's funny now uh, that time has passed, but often, you know, when people are forced to make decisions and changes like that, good good can come from them. So, mm-hmm. well done. Has, have things changed since since you've been bought? Yeah. Um, Definitely. Um, I mean, when there were 10 of us, we were just like, this scrappy little thing in a tiny little office, but um, we bought a great big new office just as lockdown hit, which meant for a year we were paying for two offices and in neither of them, which was fun. Um, but um, yeah, you, you, once you've got like the support of a publisher, you can stop messing around. One of the things I don't teach you with um, setting up a studio is all the millions of rubbish jobs that you'll have to do because there's nobody else to do them. Where as soon as you've got a publisher, you're like, okay, you can do that. Thanks very much. So, do all the rubbish um, yeah. bits. Yeah. But you've done... Exactly. Um, you, you've been in the industry for a while, right? Mm. Your uh, your first job was at Cygnosis? Yeah, 26 years I've been doing this now, which is wow. uh, ridiculous. Um, yeah, I joined Cygnosis just at the end, although I didn't know that at the time, and worked on the sequel to Geekies. Um, <laughs> weird if no you idea. did know that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe or maybe you joined to end it. They call me um, the Grim Reaper. Exactly. <laughs> where's, where's your HR department? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think many people there knew that it was coming because somebody, one of the like head programmers, just came back from Japan talking about this amazing PlayStation 2. And then, of course, the axe fell and we didn't get to do G-Police on a PlayStation 2, which would have been cool. Um, and then you were at... Uh, you mentioned that you worked on an Andy McNabb game. Yeah. Um, went to a company called Wayward Design. We did... Um, B-17-2, The Mighty Ape, which is a hell of a title. So a flight sim where you flew B-17s around. And um, after that, we worked for quite a long time with Andy McDowd on an SAS game um, on the original Xbox. Um, But that studio got purchased by Rage Games just as they died and they took us down with them, which was very annoying. I do have a copy of the Andy McDowd game still on a disc. I need to find something to do wow. with it because it, it runs on an Xbox. Uh, but right. I don't know what to do with it. I should give it to somebody, but I still, uh, yeah, I have no idea. Hmm. What There's was people um... on the internet who get very excited about that kind of thing. Mm, uh, you should right. definitely, definitely uh, do what I did a few years ago. We talked about this on the show recently with my promo discs that I received as a journalist and create a secret internet account, post on one of those forums have people get very, very excited and then decide it's much too much effort <laughs> and, go, and go quiet again. What is it like working with Andy McNabb? Uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, it was kind of weird. He, there was quite a lot of, sort of um, secrecy involved of when he was going to turn up. He was still, um, at the time, not He's very... behind you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he was good. He, he was very professional. Um, we did in mocap him and he threw many of our staff around he didn't really understand it was that kind of thing he introduced us to other ex-SAS people and they have a really strange sense of humor of you know da, 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 and then I punched him in the face and like <laughs> hilarity they're a whole different breed of people it's very interesting what what was it like telling him his game wasn't coming out though 
well, that was my job at the time, thank goodness. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a real shame. It was a cool game. It, it was a naught to four player first person shooter, as in you could say AI take all the roles and they would just set off and play without you. Um, yeah, it was a real shame. That was the one uh, of all the games I've done that haven't come out that was the worst shame sort of thing. Tell us about the book you wrote. Hmm. Uh, yeah, called I'm Too Young to Die, um, which talking about first-person shooters, basically. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that was always my favourite genre. Um, 26 years ago, I had no sort of game dev experience, so I started making Quake levels and sent them to Cygnosis. That was my CV. And so I've been into first-person shooters forever. Um, and so I approached Bitmap Books, which is a publisher of these sort of big, heavy, high-end um history books um and then spent a couple of years yeah just sort of researching nearly 200 first person shooters from the 10 years at the start 92 to 2002 um kind of where did the genre come from and what were the uh the kind of advancements the kind of story if you want of that book is the fact that technology advanced so rapidly but these games were fueling the technology they got into this weird arms race sort of thing but so yeah so what um so what what is officially the first first-person shooter? Well, so there's a big sort of breakdown at the start of, like, how do you define that? So, like, Sega had a game, Missile, which had no electronics because it was in the 60s. And is that a first-person shooter? You'd fire these missiles at these aircraft. and um, But the sort of the two big ones that kicked it off were um, Wolfenstein 3D, obviously, and Ultima Underworld. But I wanted to make sure that all the games that came before that that led to it, like the dungeon crawlers and the light gun games. You know, these games didn't just come out of nowhere, basically. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you argue that maybe Battlezone was the first first mm-hmm. person? That's like... uh, yeah, yeah. We definitely mentioned that in the book because the the three D technology and mm. stuff. Um, but it doesn't count in that I went to this uh, professor who did this thing of defining what is a first person shooter. And because you're in a vehicle, that doesn't count. Oh, it's, okay. It was a good definition. You have to be a person. You have to be... Things can kill you, so you can't have hunting games. You have to have free control, so you can't have light gun shooters. There was quite a long list. It was good. How do we know you're in a vehicle in Battlezone, though? Maybe you're, <laughs> maybe you're sat on top of the tank. We never see. That's true. Tell that to the professor. Go back. Edit the book. That's what I say. <laughs> okay. So when, so when you say that... Um, the, the games were helping advance the technology. What 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 do you mean by that? Uh, so, like, it was a real wild west at the start of um, the hardware was holding back, you know, like the maths required to throw 3D worlds around. So we looked at um, the Freescape engine, which was doing like one frame a second sort of gameplay. But these first-person shooter people, when the 3D cards were coming out, they would go to people like it and say, how do you want this card to work? What do you want it to draw? And they would tell them. So then they would make the games that showcase these features and then they would make a better card and it would go back and forth, basically. They were, you know, that was the time of the 3D card. You had to have one. Was it? Is it true um, that when um, the SNES version of Doom came out, it had uh, that had additional hardware within the cart, which... Mm. which and it might it might be one of those stories, but um, people said that the that the hardware in the cart of Doom was more powerful than the console it was running on. Is that <laughs> yeah? Because it had hardware acceleration within it. Yes, um, I mean I don't know the full details, but yeah, I believe it had a 
like a DSP type chip, like uh, Star Fox and stuff. Well, I do know that there was a it was a conversion that nobody had paid for. The the studio did it and sent it in and say, "Hey, we've made a conversion. Do you want to publish it?" And they went, "Yes." So it's kind of quite an impressive sort of calling card. Yeah, well. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned it's like the Wild West. I was in magazines at the time. In fact, I started in on uh, in magazines in '92, and I was on a Commodore Amiga magazine. Uh, but we sat on the same floor as PC Review, uh, and they got very excited uh, with Wolfenstein and um, Doom, uh, etc., coming in. Um, and there was one time uh, where they uh, keen to share. Uh, one of the, I, it was either Doom or Doom Two. Keen to share it with their readers. It was in the era of cover mounts. They cover mounted the shareware version um, of one of these games, and when the magazine came back from the printers, it was the full version of the game they put on the front of the magazine. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, very very different era that wasn't it. So what's the um, what's the last game covered in your book? Uh, what's the last one that that, that made it in? And, uh, and, and, and and what's the difference between the first and and and, and the last? Okay, uh, so the very last one. So we're talking two thousand and two. So we um, Metroid Prime, Halo, stuff like this. Uh, the very last one, I think, is uh, going to be like a James Bond game. I think something like this. Yep, 007 Nightfire. And uh, Nightfire, the reason being, it was the last release of that year. You're talking about your Christmas release. So each year they're in our um, time order. So therefore, you know, so great. And what would um out of out of the out of the uh, the FPSs featured in the book? What's your favourite, and why? Well, um, I mean, yeah, we'll always have a soft spot for Quake. Uh, it's just got an amazing atmosphere, even beyond the sort of things that it innovated. Um, what I've liked about it is, I thought I'd played all the first-person shooters for this period, but it turns out that's no way. Uh, there were so many. And things like Realms of the Haunting, which was a Gremlin one, or um, I remember, yeah, Tony yeah, Crowther, exactly, or um, a game called Wrath of Earth, which was made by like a tiny team to the extent that the audio guy's mum did the voiceover. Um, <laughs> but it's a great game where you stomp around in this big mech suit and try to blow people up and talk to people and stuff, and it's just that sort of things. Um, so yeah, but Metroid Prime is another classic game. Great. Is, uh, is the book available to buy now? Where can mm. people get hold of it and find out more? Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, you can just search. If you just go to fpsbook.com, you can get it. Uh, but it's on Amazon. It's on Bitmap Books' website. Um, it's in plenty of places. And what's next from Well Played Games? Uh, so Well Played, we um, we was, we work with other people's IP. So I can't tell you what's next because it's somebody <laughs> else's IP, basically. Um, you can tell us. You're just choosing not to. <laughs> okay, sure. I will not tell you because the publisher will be very unhappy. Uh, but yeah, it's, so we've got a couple of games, but they're other people's IPs and um, just kicking them off, basically. So. Okay, what, nice. what colour would you say they are? Hmm. Um, red and purple, stuff like this. There's two different games, so that doesn't cover much, really. Mm-hmm. But what they're both red and purple, or one's red and one's purple. Well, yeah, exactly. One of each. Yeah, one of each. Okay, well, that's wise to you know keep your color choices distinct. I don't know why um, I chose those colors, but there you go. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Stay with us for the lesser mm-hmm. section, the review section. If people want to follow you, uh, where do they follow you on social media? Are you on social media? Uh, yes, well, I'm on Twitter, the dumpster fire that is Twitter at the minute. Um, but yeah, at main underscore Stuart. Um, that's probably the easiest way to get hold of me. Yeah. Fantastic. It's time 
for the One Life Left Letters. What's in the inbox, Simon? Well, on the Discord, um, from uh, Matt Patterson, uh, he writes, uh, Dear team and SSG, after being suckered into upgrading to PlayStation Plus Premium by the large Black Friday discounts, free access to Stray, brackets unexpectedly more survival horror dystopia than curled up on the arm of the, of the sofa in a patch of sunlight, 7 out of 10, and a chance to try game streaming, brackets, would it work? Would I be able to tell? Was it, was it a good enough excuse? I tried streaming Final Fantasy VII Remake. In short, it did work. I couldn't tell, although it probably wasn't a good enough excuse. My admittedly 20 plus years ago hazy memory was that the active time battle mechanics were pretty fun and the remake's real time battle seemed much less fun. I don't think I'll keep playing. Can you recommend any other remade titles I should try out which will either make me rejoice or allow me to indulge in a spot of full-on grumpy old man shouts at Klaus? Should I dig out my PS1 and replay Final Fantasy VII in its original form? Ho, 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 and all that, Matt Patterson. Uh, that's a good question, Matt, isn't it? I'm sorry you didn't get on with it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. In fact, I'm really looking forward to playing Crisis Core when it comes out next week. Um, um, even what's though Crisis I don't Core? Remember, it's the remake of uh, the PSP version of uh, PSP Final Fantasy VII game what? that they did. So I know. I don't understand. Like, it shouldn't be hard to keep track of a game which is, you know, numerically sequenced. Like, that's what numbers are for. So Final Fantasy VII was split into many parts, as I understand it, for the re-release. Or split... Uh, The first part came out. Split into three, I believe, yep. Three. And part one's come out. It is, yeah, but I finished it. And has part two come out? Nope. But instead something else is coming out. We don't know when it's coming out, and also we don't know what store it's going to be coming out. What is we? my epic saves be... The Final Fantasy community. Okay. Is this you? Of which I'm in. you, you, You on a Discord, are you? So that's what's going on. No, no. Okay, no. so so instead of releasing Final Fantasy VII Part Two, which is not to be confused with the actual Final Fantasy VII Part Two, which is another thing, Part Two of Part One, they're releasing Crisis Core. Crisis Core, yes, which is which Final is... Fantasy VII Reunion. Why can't they Come just on, Steve? It's simple. <laughs> but why don't they just deal with one thing? Just get the thing that you're doing done. I mean, I am not one to talk about that stuff. But they're a company. They're not, they're not just a chaotic human. Um, what? Okay, so why are you excited about that and not continuing with the adventure that you've already started? Well, no, because I've finished Final Fantasy VII. But you haven't uh, finished Final Fantasy VII. I mean, I have. I finished it twice on the PlayStation 1. Okay, but and who knows what's I've finished as the much remake. as they've, they've given me now. But that's me. You haven't finished it. She's still alive, Steve. She's still alive <laughs> in my, my current playthrough. <laughs> okay, so that's why you want to... Do you get to port her into Crisis Core? Is she in Crisis Core? I don't know. I don't know much about Crisis Core, but I really did enjoy the remaster. Okay, fine. Uh, which, I, yeah, I think I finished uh, this year. Uh, Would that be a game of the year? I don't know. So I didn't know uh, that they changed the combat. Like, have they changed the combat? It's it's now real time. They have, yes. It's, it is real time now, yeah. Okay. That strikes me as a weird decision. Why? Well, no, but you well you can pause it. It's, it's a it's a it's a hybrid. Um, okay. 
Yeah, I you know it was I, you just mash the buttons, Steve, mostly, and then just do a few sort of wizzo, <laughs> um, big special effects things, and and everything about the game is sexy from the boys, <laughs> the girls, the animals, the mechs, the buildings, the lighting. It's honestly the sexiest game I've ever played. Seven out of ten. <laughs> we sort of skipped out on the question there that Matt asked, which was, "What remakes would we recommend?" Obviously, you would recommend that one. I'm not sure what. I would recommend. Well, the Resident Evil remakes are, Mm -hmm. uh, by all accounts, very good. I am yet to play them because I played the originals and uh, they were terrifying. Um, uh, I've been more more eager to play the modern games as opposed to going back to Resident Evil 2, Mm -hmm. 1, 0. Uh, They've made 3, haven't they? And I think they're doing 4, which everybody's quite excited about. Okay. What about you, Stu? Any uh, remake recommendations? Uh, I was trying to think, but I have to say I am still being distracted by your John Holmes headphones. Sorry. Um, so um... maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> the headphones aren't big. Maybe I've just got a very small head. In which case, yeah, this is bullying. Quite big. Because I, mean, I heard about them on the radio last week, but actually seeing them, the, the words didn't do it justice. I'm sorry. Well, uh, exactly, exactly how I felt. If you are listening to One Life Left right now and you'd like to appear on the show as a guest, keep this in mind you'll get to see my massive headphones. That's true. It's exactly how I felt about, about the Steam Deck, where I'd, <laughs> I'd held one in March at GDC. It's the first time I held it. And I, saw, and I held it, and I thought, that's big. And then when it arrived, I was still surprised about how big it was. <laughs> and that's what Steve's headphones are. Uh, I mean, you, listener, potential guest, have mm-hmm. heard they're big, but nothing will prepare you. <laughs> they're kind of a headphone cry for help. I don't know what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Phil Spencer thinks something about size. You're listening to One Life Left. This is the end of the letters section. If you would like to write a letter to One Life Left, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. Or you can shove a letter into our Discord, which you can access by going to our easy link site, which is at hello.onelifeleft.com. We'll see you on the Discord. We're One Life Left. We're a video game radio show. You can find us on Resonance 104.4 FM or on our own website, www.onelifeleft.com or hello.onelifeleft.com if you want you know, some other links, including one to the Discord. Uh, you can read the show notes on onelifeleft.com. The show notes put together by our producer, Phil, who is watching us and allowing us to watch him right now for the very first time. And I've seen him taking notes, Simon. He was doing something, was he? he had a pen in his mouth like a builder. <laughs> <laughs> he did, <laughs> you know, like 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 a proper man. Maybe he was oh, just he put it behind his ear, very nice. Just trying to measure Steve, the dimensions of Steve, my headphones. Steve could keep a whole pencil case behind his ear. <laughs> I'm glad. You know what? As we close to the end of this year of One Life Left, it's good that we've come up with another new joke, and we wouldn't have got there as well without you know the adverts we've been running on our podcast, which allowed me to fund these new headphones. Um, Simon, we should talk about our games of the year. Okay. What's your game of the year? Deathloop. Cool. What's your scene? <laughs> Don't know. Didn't really think this through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't know. I've, yeah, I've... I put in an awful lot of time into Noiter, which I think finally went into a finished 1.0 release this year, which probably counts. Um, that's probably my most played game by time. Um, I have played an awful lot of games this year. I, I think the case of the Golden Idol, like genuinely one of the most pleasurable, tight experiences I've had. Um, like just from beginning to end was really great. Uh, Alice loved Frog Detective 3 and so did I, playing with her just incredibly wholesome, gentle experience uh, and exactly the right length and I think that that's been one of the best things about games this year for me, is that I've found more experiences like those two I've just mentioned that fit in with my life that you can play and finish within four hours uh, or or ideally much less than that Uh, and I hope that trend continues into 2023. Stu, what have you enjoyed this year? Um, yeah, I've, I mean, I, I, it's been a weird time because obviously I played a ton of old first-person shooters and <laughs> um, then in my free time I'm playing like uh, on Xbox Live with friends and we're, you know, we're still in Deep Rock Galactic and Sea of Thieves and stuff like this. Um, but And then I play stuff for work where you try and sort of absorb it as fast as you can and things like Marvel Snap and um, Elden Ring just sort of dominate. But I guess, I mean, I really, really enjoyed the new Monkey Island. I kind of uh, wasn't expecting that to appear. And then um, it felt like a classic, but also had moved on. I really enjoyed that one. Fantastic. Shall we segue smoothly into the review section? Simon, what have you been playing this week? Two games for me this week, Steve. Uh, the first of which is a game called Sword Ship. Uh, have you heard of it? No, and I'd be very careful when saying that name. <laughs> Sword Ship is um, a shoot 'em up without you firing any bullets. Um, it's a uh, it's really, really stylish dodge-em up. Um, it's set after global warming. Uh, you are on um, uh, some, 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 some speedboat type vehicle uh, and you need to uh, uh, get to the end of these quite short, tight stages. Um, fulfilling um, several objectives, upgrading your ship and going again. Uh, The difference here is that you don't have any weapons yourself, so you need to manoeuvre your way around the enemies that pop up to destroy you. Some of them will be firing bullets, others will be firing bombs. um, And so it becomes like a really fast-paced puzzle game uh, where you work out where you need to position your ship very quickly uh, on the screen in order to get the uh, the enemies to take each other out. I am terrible at it. Um, yet it has moments of... it's. It, I mean, it's beautiful to look at. It sounds uh, as good as it looks. And it has these moments where... Uh, like you, you can push a button to dive under the water. And if you do that just as you miss a bomb, it sort of zooms in and goes all slow-mo and looks... And it makes you feel really cool, even though I actually did it accidentally. Um, <laughs> I, 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 but it's so tight, uh, so quick, um, that even being bad at it isn't really a problem because the um, uh, there's just a huge amount of pleasure in moving around uh, these dynamic but effectively single-screen puzzles 
Um, yeah, over and over again, many, many times. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable, 7 out of 10. Do you want me to do one? Yeah. Um, friend of the show, uh, Reagan Burns, uh, half of Metanet, developer of N++, published a list this week on a site called polylists.com. I'm sure Phil will put it in the show notes. But it's called Games That I Will Probably Never Shut Up About. Uh, and I played most of them, but I haven't played all of them, including a game called Pigments. Pigments is available on itch.io. Um, it is a... I've forgotten the name of that system. Pico 8 uh, system game. I love those games. Uh, it's a fake console and they embed really nicely in web pages. It's a Pico 8 game. You can play it for free right now. Uh, you hop around on a grid to try and paint it in Qbert style, I guess, uh, before you get killed by the saw blades that bounce around. Um, and it's got this really, really nice design touch, which is it's basically turn-based, but also things move very, very slowly as well, and you can use that to your advantage. Um, it's just such a beautiful piece of pure design. I was astonished I hadn't seen it before. I was very glad that Reagan introduced it to me, seven out of 10. Stu, what have you been playing? Um, I mean, I just started playing a game called Metal Hellsinger, which is a real action FPS, which is kind of simultaneously really annoying, but because at one point it jumps you right up to like 15 combo and all the music kicks in and there's some vocals and it's incredible. And then if you're a cack-headed buffoon like me, immediately you start dropping back out of it. So it's one of those games where you can see that the potential is there, but you're going to have to put in all the practice. It's, you know, you have to nail that rhythm. Um, but very stylish. Um, I believe 7 out of 10. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Simon, what's your second game? Second game, Steve. Surprise, surprise. There's been some chat about it already. Uh, Stray. Oh, here we go. I think I think I'm quite close to the end of Stray. Um, I really like it, which proves I've got an open mind <laughs> uh, these days. Um, yeah, it's it's the cat game. Um, I mean, it turns out I really really like cyberpunk worlds, and mm-hmm. this one is just beautiful. Oh, it's so good. Um, I, I love the movement on the companions, the sort of humanoid, elongated limbs, and just the way that mm-hmm. they they go. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's incredibly simple. I understand why you can't jump everywhere, because otherwise you just spend the whole game jump trying to jump on things you can't jump. So mm-hmm. whilst that is a slightly awkward mechanic uh, that you can only sort of leap from point to point where it lets you, I mean, it, it works very well. Um, you know, I've just got to the to the really stupid stealth bit with the long mm-hmm. checkpoint, and I didn't like that bit, uh, but I've got past it. And I'm now, I've just got into the back of the nightclub um, so I think I feel, it feels like I'm almost there. Um, yeah, it's just it's just really nice. It, um, yeah, it's not, really not, well not, made, not too right? taxing. It's really yeah, beautifully made. Taxing. But I think you've nailed the point there that you have gone through the really annoying stealth bit, which all of those sort of games has have right one level, one part of the game like that. And indeed, all of those sort of games have one part that is exactly like Stray, or rather that Stray... <laughs> Look at you, there's a cat behind you now. Stray... <laughs> Stealthily. <laughs> Stray does everything that those sort of games does, and nothing else, and is rigid to that template. It is 
if it wasn't for Elden Ring, I think it would be my visually easily my favourite video game of the year. It's startling and beautiful, but it didn't feel like you build it as the cat game, and that's what everyone knows it like. It did not feel like a cat game to me. It felt like a third-person game skinned with a cat in there, and that was what was disappointing to me because having seen the sort of pitch from the start, like. Oh yeah, I would like to. I would like some of that curiosity. I would like some of that feel of movement. I would like some of that kind of cat parkour thing. That is not present. Sorry, I bulldozed through your review there. No, you're you are quite right. No, absolutely. It's 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 it's, it's an exploration fetch quest game set in an incredible cyberpunk world. Uh, like absolutely harmless. I it feels like mm. I've um I've spent four or five hours on it. I hope that there's not much more to go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, seven out of ten. Dragon Slayer, 7 out of 10. It's beautiful and empty, 7 out of 10. Uh, I played Dwarf Fortress. Oh, you uh, and 160,000 people. Did you see how quickly week? it rocketed to 5,000 reviews in 24 hours or something? Yep. Absolutely yep. astonishing display of commitment from that community and unsurprising because it's a beloved game and it's a game that I have loved before. Uh, I love Kit Fox Games as well who are publishing it and you know, I'm, I think what they've done there is exactly what it needed. It is the same game, um, and actually the interface is not that different. It's still evidently Dwarf Fortress, um, and it is a bit labyrinthine still to place things, but you can do it. It's Dwarf Fortress with a tutorial and some nice tile sets, and it would be possible for a normal human to play that game now, and that's all it needed, because it's a phenomenal experience. Um, and if you can get in, and more people than ever will be able to get in now, you will tell yourself some stories uh, that are unique to your experience. And to me, that's the power of video games. Not just to narrate something that's pre-planned, but to give you the power to have an experience you can own. Dwarf Fortress is phenomenal. 7 out of 10. That's it. We're up against it, Steve. Again, thank you so much, Stu, uh, for coming on the show. Uh, thank Thanks. you, Simon and Thank you to Resonance for hosting us all year. We will be back next year, assuming Simon got the form in for renewal of our slot. Um, but until next year, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year! Goodbye! Goodbye! Goodbye.